welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. So welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, I'm joined by a lovely guest, Michelle, who is an IVF support coach. She'll be sharing with us her own journey and also how she provides support to other women dealing with fertility, uh, fertility delays. Her details would also be in the show notes. So welcome, Michelle, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> thank you. So to start off, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh. I feel like this used to be a really easy question and now it's just like gotten harder with time as the years have gone on. Um, but I'm Michelle. Um, I, I guess the easiest place to start is we got married back in 2015 and knew that we wanted to grow our family. Um, and we, we waited like a year or so before we actually started trying. And at the time we were like, this is going to be so fun. Like we're going to, you know, just like, get pregnant right away and like I come mm-hmm. from a very like fertile line of women basically so I was like oh I'm not gonna have any trouble getting pregnant um and then about five or six months in when we had started doing like all the ovulation predictor tests and like basal body temperature and all the things and I just assumed like maybe we just don't know how to have sex right like you know obviously <laughs> we're the problem um my husband was like uh, I think I think something might be wrong and I was in such a place of denial and I was like no, like everything's fine. It's all great. Like we're just, we're just doing it wrong. Like we're just not getting it right. Um, which was like totally not true. (laughs) Um, and bless him for being such a saint. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to sit around and wait for my wife to like come to terms with reality. So he like went and got an over the counter test done for himself, which came back funky, ended up going to see a urologist, got a initial semen analysis. And that is where we got our male factor infertility diagnosis. Um, And he literally came home to me one day with a card and he was like, here's a number for a reproductive endocrinologist for you to call so that you can get testing done too. And I was just like, what, what? Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's funny because I like, on the one hand, you know, I was very much in shock. And on the other, I was really grateful that it took a couple of months before we actually got that initial appointment at the fertility clinic. Cause it gave me some time to like process. Cause like, I think each step in this journey is basically like a relearning and a re kind of creation of the reality of like, what's going on for you, if that makes sense. And so it's, there's like yeah. a grieving process that happens when expectation doesn't meet reality. And then you have to like find some level of acceptance so that you can move forward. So we started treatments, um, we started trying back in June of 2016, started treatments in February of 2017. Um, I got all the initial testing done, everything came back normal. um, And we decided to move forward with an IUI because we need another semen analysis. Um, And they were like, well, we're gonna have the sperm. So we might as well just like do the the IUI even though like the chances of it working with male factor are like not very high. And even in that, it was like such a bumpy road because in that same season, about a month into our treatments, I got a call from my sister and she was pregnant and like got pregnant, like the first month that they started trying. And that was like really my breaking point in this process. Um, I like 
literally spent most of that call like muting and unmuting so I could like talk to her, but then like sob. Um, and I know it was really yeah. hard for her too, because she was also in shock that it had like happened so quickly because she knew we'd been trying for so long. And it was just a really hard call. And I just remember like crying on the floor of my bedroom. And I started saying out loud all of these things that I had been thinking, things like, this is all your fault. You deserve this. It's because you didn't go to church enough. And I literally had this moment yeah. where I was, it was like an out of body experience where I was like, whoa, what? No, like not like this is not how we're doing this. Like if we're going to keep going through this path, if we're going to keep doing these treatments, like something has got to change. And I really think like that was my rock bottom. And that was my decision moment of like, nope, we're doing this differently from here on out. And a big piece of that for me was like, I had been keeping this, my story close to my chest for so long. And I didn't even know why, like, I feel like at first you like, don't tell people you're trying because you want to excite them. You like want to like surprise them. Be like, we're pregnant. It's like this really exciting, Mm -hmm. joyful moment. Um, But then when we started getting into our fertility treatments, like I was just like, why am I keeping this to myself? This is such a huge part of my life that I feel like I can't talk about. It's taking such a toll on my mental health. Like I don't want to carry this alone anymore. And so I basically started by blasting my story on the internet, which is not what everyone needs to do, but it was exactly what I needed to do. Um, Cause it just made me feel free from the like trap that I had basically like fallen under. Um, and people started reaching out and it was such a beautiful moment of like realizing that I wasn't alone in this. Cause for so long I felt alone um, and in folks reaching out too, like, um, I started realizing like that there was a lot of meaning for me in providing support to folks on their journey. And this was years before I ultimately started coaching, but I was like, there's something here. And like, I see a future for, for this. Um, but anyways, in the meantime, I was like, let me just figure out my own ish <laughs> and then we can, you know, figure out the other stuff. And so, Um, We ended up doing the IUI after some delays, like missed windows, assist. It was like all the things. Um, And I remember the doctor doing the IUI and he was basically like, "Um, this is kind of like for funsies because the odds of this working are so low. And I was just like, cool, awesome. There's just like another month wasted in this process because it really does feel like you're losing time. And every month is like, another month gone, another month gone, especially when you're like so focused on the micro details of the process. Um, so we ended up doing our first IVF cycle that summer. Um, and it was kind of a crazy whirlwind cause this was pre COVID. I was like traveling. I like went to a friend's wedding. I went to a bachelorette party and I was like working with the nurse to like make sure my calendar like lined up with everything. I was like <laughs> doing birth control. Like my first shot was in a hotel room. Like it was just insanity. Um, I like traveled with my meds in a little lunch box that I bought on Amazon. It was like so cute. And I was like, I love it. <laughs> it was just like wow. the things, the things, but I was like so determined when mm. I started like sharing my story and opening up to just like find the joy in my life, regardless of the hardship that we were going through and not necessarily like ignoring it, but just being like, there's more to my life than just like these treatments. And I'm not going to stop living my life because I felt like I had put my life on hold for so long at that point. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the wedding. I'm going to like figure out how to travel with my meds. I'm going to like do my shot by myself. Like it'll be okay. And it was, um, and with that first cycle, we ended up getting two embryos, um, which was like exciting and also a little disappointing because like so many of our embryos, like didn't make it to day five. 
Um, and then we did PGS testing and only one came back normal. And it's funny, like looking back now with like everything I know, like at the time I was like, this is our baby. Like, this is going to work. Mm. This is our baby. Like, you know, um, there was like no other reality for me basically. Um, and it, it did work. Um, it ended up being our little IVF miracle and she's turning three in just like a week. Um, wow. and so we got very, very lucky. Um, most of the pregnancy was like easy, relatively speaking. Um, we did have bleeding through the first trimester, which was terrifying. Um, and I think would be even more terrifying now that we've also experienced loss on this journey. So basically that's like chapter one, um, chapter two started last summer. We ended up doing another IVF cycle and we decided we wanted to grow our family. Of course, like in the middle of COVID was the perfect time. <laughs> Let's just do this again. Um, and that cycle, we ended up with three embryos, two of which came back normal. So we were thrilled. We were like, well, it worked with one. Like surely one of these will like turn into a baby. Um, and we did get lucky in that both ultimately took, but we ended up having two losses, um, one just after eight weeks and one just before five um, and those were really, really hard. So um, thanks. Um, and it was just like, I think the biggest thing for me, like looking back on that now is like just giving myself so much space and grace to like grieve because it, it was grief, you know? Um, and it doesn't matter like how far along you are or like none of it matters. Like you feel what you feel. And, yeah. um, and I think too, like being able to recognize like all the like blessings and be grateful for all the things and also acknowledge and honor the sadness and the hardship and the disappointment um, that comes along with it and not make myself wrong for any of it, which is a, like a learning process that I've learned over the last, you know, five, six years. I don't even know how long we've been doing treatments. It's all starting to become a big blur. Um, and we're actually still very much in the like messy middle of chapter two, if you will. Um, we just finished a third IVF cycle um, and are um, basically waiting to move forward with another transfer. We got three viable embryos from this one, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and so keeping our fingers crossed and like, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't like terrified too, because after experiencing loss, like there's that little, like, can I handle this? Can I go through this again? And so one of the things that I spent a lot of time just like working on and focusing on something that I do with a lot of my clients too, is like building that self-trust of like, I will be okay no matter what, like it might be hard. It might suck. It might hurt, but like I can come back from this. And also I don't have to hold it all myself. Like, and that's why I think support is so important on this journey. Like whether that's a best friend, a coach, a therapist, your family, like whomever, it, it really doesn't matter, but just like not carrying this alone is so, so important. And so that's my yeah. journey and my story. And and where we're currently at, which is basically still very much in the messy middle of things. Wow. So much to unpack there, Michelle, so much. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Um, you know, at the beginning, you said that uh, your husband was the one that was like, oh, you know, we need to go get it checked out. And that's so amazing to have him be the one doing that, right? Because usually it's it's us, the women, they're like, oh, we need to go check this. And the men are like, oh, never mind, everything is fine. So it's it's really was interesting to hear that he was really pushing and then he went ahead and tested himself. Like it's, it's. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. You know? I, would say, I think, I think some of it is like, he is very like science oriented. So he's like, if a uh, thing's not working, then like science is the answer basically. Mm -hmm. um, he's also a doctor, like he's in medicine. So, right. um, 
And so like, he very much believes in, in medicine. Um, mm-hmm. And he also has a chronic illness that he's like suffered his whole oh. life. So he's kind of just used to like the other shoe dropping bad news. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, my body doesn't work right in all these other ways. So like, it's probably broken in this way too. And so, yes, like, I don't want to like, you know, diminish the fact that like, he was the one that like, yeah. you know, moved us forward. And I'm so grateful for that because if it had been up to me, we could have spent years trying right. for actually getting support. Um, and you know, it, at all, every year that passes, I feel like is harder and harder. Um, and also I think there was a little bit of that, like, oh, well, you know, nothing else seems to work right. So surely this <laughs> isn't working right either. Um, but I am super grateful for him. Cause I know that that's yeah. not necessarily normal and, and not the usual story. So. No, it's not. Nice. So very, very impressed with that. Well done to your husband. Yeah. <laughs> And he's a good guy well. yeah like he's him. right he's I'm a, a keeper par- I'm a little partial but I, I like him he's a good guy um and then also when you said that uh you had ended up with one embryo you know many times in the community and on Instagram you always hear oh, you only takes one and sometimes you're like oh don't tell me that you know I need more mm-hmm. and but then but it is true right because in your case as well that was the one that's your little miracle and so yeah. it's, it's amazing just to to see that sometimes that that is what he takes so yeah and I think I think the hardest thing about hearing like it only takes one is like if if your journey if your feelings haven't been validated before someone says that to you I think that's where a lot of that hurt comes from because you're like no this has been really hard like I am struggling like I don't feel seen and then it can it can feel like someone's just sort of like glossing over the hardship mm-hmm. of the journey when they're like oh you only need one it's it's kind of like along the lines of like that toxic positivity of like don't give up just stay positive yeah. and I think the reason why those phrases and things are so hurtful is because there's no validation of the human behind the process and the experience yeah. first um because I think for me personally especially um and I see this with my clients too like when you feel seen and validated and what you are asking for is hope. Like when you're coming in and you're saying, give me stories of hope that it really can just take one, that one can work, show me evidence. Then you're really open to hearing the stories of like, yeah, my one embryo was the one that took. But when what you really want is just to be validated and like, yeah, this sucks. I'm sorry you're going through this. And then someone's like throwing out these, like, just relax, it'll happen. Uh, Like, that doesn't feel good because that's not what you actually need. If that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Makes total sense. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. And thank you also for highlighting the importance of knowing how difficult it can be when you've experienced loss and you're trying again, you know, that constant, I mean, you know, people might say, Oh, you need to be positive and you know, all that, but the reality is once you've experienced something like that, it changes, you know, how you feel because then you're always concerned that, oh, is this happening again? Is it not? Am I able to do this, right? So it's important to acknowledge that. Yeah, and I think so often we like think that we only are allowed to feel one emotion at a time. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) you need need to be positive, like have hope that it's working. And I think the reality is like, if you're showing up in the clinic again after a loss, like, or you're trying again or whatever, like, there's that some is hope. hope there. That because, is hope, yeah. <laughs> because otherwise you literally would not be trying, right? Yeah. Um, and also you're allowed to be scared and terrified. And for me personally, one of the things that I sort of use as like my, my metric is like, am I letting 
my fear and my grief drive my decisions in this process mm. because that's the space that I don't want to be in. I want to be in a place where I'm choosing things because they feel right to me. They feel good. Even if something can feel good and also be hard. Like yeah. the first time I went back to the clinic after our losses um, and we were basically starting back at square one, um, like I cried, like I cried sitting in there. And like, I think so often we assume that like, that means something's wrong with us, like mm -hmm. that we're broken, that we're not strong enough to do this. And like, no, you're just a human being who yeah. has experienced grief and loss. And like, it's normal to be sad and have all of these feelings, even what seems like conflicting feelings of like excitement and hope and sadness and grief. And I just want to give so much permission around that to know, like, you can be positive and happy and excited. And also you can be terrified and scared and sad and, and all the things yeah. too. Well said, Michelle. So true. And so you, you're an IVF support coach. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for someone that doesn't know? What do you do? Yeah. So the biggest thing that I really do with my clients is provide emotional support in their infertility and IVF journey. Um, a lot of the work that we do is on helping them calm the like negative spiral of like the what ifs and all the things and mm. really like releasing a lot of the like shoulds and like oh, yeah. just just a I lot of the ones. charge yeah. right mm -hmm. around like well I have to be doing this and I have to be doing that and, and like it just puts so much pressure and just creates such a heaviness and so like a lot of the work is really just being able to like release that so that you can feel how you want to feel not how you should feel how you yeah. want to feel. So for some of my clients, that's been shifting into a more positive space. I had a client I worked with who was like, I just want to get to neutral. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be down the negative rabbit hole, but I also don't need to be all the way over here. Um, and I think giving just folks permission to be like, oh, I'm allowed to like live my life while going through these treatments. And it doesn't change that I want this for myself. Right. Cause I think so often, and I found this in my own narrative too, like I felt like I had to struggle to be worthy of being a mother and growing oh, my family. Yeah. Hmm. And so I was like, yeah, this needs to be harder. I need to make it as hard as I can. And we do this in all aspects of our life. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. We just like, it, we really struggle, especially as women to let things be easy. And I'm the queen of overcomplicating things. So I say this with so much love, <laughs> but when we can start to recognize those patterns, which is a lot of what I like reflect back to my clients to be like, Hey, like, you actually have control over this. Like, let's focus on this. Like being able to figure out like, cause control is a big thing that comes up with my clients too. Like what can we control and what can we not? And what I found is like, we can always control how we show up to spaces. You can't always control the feelings and the emotions mm -hmm. and everything, but like you can decide what comes next, right? You can decide like, does fear drive the ship? Does like hope drive the ship? Like, how do you want to handle this situation, right? Like you might not like any of the options on the table, but making a choice makes you feel more empowered than just like defaulting to something. And so like really just empowering women on this journey that takes so much power from you and helping them get that power back so that they don't feel yeah. like victims of their infertility journey. And so that they can live their life. And honestly, yeah. like, so that they can enjoy when they do get to pregnancy and motherhood, because what I have found is, is these lessons that we learn through our infertility journey or the lessons that are available to us they exist in pregnancy, they exist in motherhood. And so really, I like to think of the work that I'm doing as like preparing you to live 
a life that you're excited to live down the road too, but it can start now. Like we don't have to wait for the baby to be happy, to live a life that fulfills us. And like, I love to hold on to this belief that it like, it just gets to keep getting better and better and better. And like, that doesn't mean that there won't be hardship and that there won't be seasons of challenge, but like, I, you know, I'm like, we're making it up as we go anyways. So we might as well believe yeah. things that feel good to us <laughs> in the process. Cause I don't have a crystal ball that shows me how this all ends. Um, and so I just want to believe that like, it just gets to keep getting in better and better. And if it's not this thing that I really want, it's something better. Wow. I love that, Michelle, all of it. And how, how did you decide to do that? Considering that, you know, you're still on your own journey and experiencing still dealing with fertility issues how you know because it will seem like oh when you you want to get support like why did you decide to become an IVF support coach yeah so I actually became a a coach in between our our two chapters if you will like I I um I uh kind of finished chapter one um gave myself time to just like be a new mom have that experience Um, and then, Mm -hmm. like I said, you know, when I first started sharing our story, I had this inkling of like, I'm being like, I'm being pulled to this space, like all of my like gifts, all of my like skills, all of the like lessons that I've learned through life, through my jobs that I've had, my like master's degree, all of it like has been leading to this. And I was kind of joking with the universe. I'm like, not yet, mama, you like, I'm not ready. Like, (laughs) Um, and then there was this moment. Um, it was actually like the March before COVID really just like shut everything down. Um, or the March that COVID shut everything down. Um, I was having coffee with a friend, um, and she mentioned this girl's name and she's a local coach. And she had like come up a couple of times and in process. And I was like, okay, universe, I see you're telling me like, I should go connect with this woman. (laughs) And so I literally sent her a DM and I was like, Hey, like the universe is telling me like, we should get coffee, like want to meet up. (laughs) Like I didn't know this girl at all. And and now that, you know, we're, we're friends and I've actually worked with her as a coach. Um, I realized like, Oh my gosh, this message was like, so up her alley. It's like not even funny. Um, so we got coffee that day and when we were sitting there, she was literally just like, yeah, like if you, cause I was asking her like, you know, how did you decide to become a coach? Like, when did you know it was the right time? And she's like, well, when you just have like a message that you just need to share with the world and you like know who you want to serve, like just go for it. And I was like, I know what my message is and who I want to serve. I'm going to go for it. Um, and I like, wasn't even like thinking about like, anything else I was like I'm gonna do this thing so I like went out and found a couple of women who were willing to like you know experiment with me and like jump into this coaching world um and I started my coaching business and then COVID shut everything down and I was like wow Wow. like this is it's kind of it was kind of crazy because I was like okay no one's going through infertility treatments right now and two of the women that had started working with me were like, yeah, I want to keep working with you through these shutdowns because I realized like this is the time the community needs support more than ever. Like we were talking earlier about how like this has been a season of compounded grief between your infertility journey, COVID, like this, it's been extra hard. And even I felt that through going through this kind of chapter two cycle um, you know, chapter one is a lot easier in that like there wasn't a global pandemic Mm. happening simultaneously. Like, you didn't have to like worry, like, especially if you're struggling with secondary infertility, you don't have to worry about like what you were going to do with your child because they couldn't come with you to the clinic. You didn't have to worry about like showing up masks. You didn't have to worry about whether your partner could come or not. Or like if you had a cough or a sneeze, like none of that. I know. Um, 
it's none of that. So I just want to acknowledge, yeah. like, if you're if you're a warrior going through this process right now, like, you are holding a lot, and it's okay mm. if it's been hard because it it's been hard. Um, but anyway, so I started coaching and then as clinics started, like I just started showing up and sharing my message and as clinics started opening up again, folks started going back into treatment I started getting more clients and things just grew from there. And I've gotten to connect with so many amazing women and folks like yourself through that mm-hmm. process and just met so many amazing individuals in the like, um, infertility community. And I think for me, like one starting that before I was back in treatments was really helpful because basically one, the gift of coaching is like one getting to help others, but also it adds a certain layer of like integrity and accountability for me to be doing Mm. the work that I'm telling my clients to do. Right. Because one, if I'm not doing that, I'm not in integrity as a coach. And two, Mm -hmm. like I have to take care of myself to be able to hold space for my clients. And, um, And so that's just given me that extra boost. And so basically I was like doing that work before we got into treatments. And so by the time we started in the treatments, I felt like I was in a really good headspace, especially even just compared to the first time we went through the process. Like I was giving myself Mm. space and permission to actually process my feelings, to feel how I felt. Um, And this second cycle has brought more challenges, I think, than the first, but I just feel so much more equipped to do it. And again, so accountable to my clients to be able to like take care of myself so that I can hold space for them. And, and I actually, that was something that I was worried about as we were starting treatments again, I was like, what if I can't do it? Like, what if, you know, it's too triggering for me. And again, building that self-trust piece of like, I've got it. I can take care of myself. I don't have to do this alone. Like I've had support yeah. through my coaching experience as well. Like worked, worked with different coaches and currently in a mastermind and they hold space for me when I need somebody else who can hold that. And that's been just like a beautiful gift to give myself because it's something I didn't give myself initially in my own infertility journey. Um, And so it really hasn't been a problem at all. And it's been such a gift to like pay forward, like to add meaning to my journey in being able to like help others make theirs easier and not have to do it alone. Um, And yeah, even through like our losses and stuff, I was able to continue to support my clients. Like I took, I took like a week off um, after our initial loss to give myself space to process and grieve. And otherwise, like, it's just everything I've just, like, I really do see everything in my life as like, even the hard things, like there is always a gift or a lesson that I can pull from it, even if the thing is like really terrible and hard. And I don't believe that the thing has to happen in order for us to like learn that lesson, if you will. Right. But if the thing happens, I might as well make something out of it because otherwise mm-hmm. it's just this really terrible thing in my life. Um, and that's just the belief that's like served me really well. And I think one of the biggest things that I do with my clients is help them to figure out what are the beliefs that serve you really well. Um, and letting them kind of figure those out for their own and reflecting back what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. And again, just like really being able to empower them through this journey. And that's what led me to coaching and why I'm still here and why I'm doing it and how I'm able to do it while going through my own treatments and cycles. And it's just, yeah, it's just been, it's been a blessing in so many ways. That sounds wonderful. And for people that listen and just wondering, okay, are you supporting uh, people that are doing IVF or just or anyone going through fertility issues, even if they're trying naturally or if they're stuck and not sure, you know, what next steps to take? Is it Mm -hmm. all of that? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I would say the majority of my clients are somewhere in the IVF sphere, but I have worked with clients who um, are like in between cycles. Mm -hmm. Like I had, um, I've had clients who were like waiting for surgeries or things like that. And they were like, I, I cannot handle the weight. I need like something to like keep me occupied and busy. Um, I also have clients that I've worked with who were trying naturally and had experienced loss and were like, I don't know that I could keep doing this. Um, and so, yeah, I think for me, it's really just like, if you feel called to figure out a different way to do this season that doesn't involve like spiraling and burnout and all the things, and you really just want to find more joy and thrive and like do things differently. Right. Like if you can resonate with the moment where I was just like crying on the floor, blaming myself for everything. And I was like, yeah, no, this, this can't, this can't keep happening this way because I'm never going to make it through this because I'm going to just, you know run myself into the ground, um, then, then the work that I do is for you. Perfect. And when you said the weight, I guess the weight will also include the two week weight then and people just not sure. Yeah. 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 Um, A lot of, so a lot of, I would say a lot of my clients start working with me. (laughs) It's like literally everywhere. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them start before their IVF cycle. Some of them start in the middle of their IVF cycle. I've had clients extend our time working together so that they had support through that first trimester because they had experienced loss. Um, And they were like, I don't want to do this alone. Um, And so really whatever feels supportive to you, whatever you need, um, because I really do believe that like, there's an easier way to do this process. Like it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it. We can be so much kinder to ourselves through this season. And that doesn't mean that it's always going to be easier that we aren't going to have the hard feels. Like all of that is so normal and okay. And it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you, but I just, I just want women to be able to thrive through this season, whatever that looks and feels like to them. Like, I think that's the important thing too, is like you get to just like decide what yeah. thriving looks and feels like, whether it's like my client who was like, I just want to be at neutral. So someday I can maybe <laughs> enjoy a pregnancy. Um, yeah. Or if you're like, I want to be going out with my girlfriends and doing the things that I used to do and like not feel guilty about any of it and know that like this can still work because again, yeah. we're all just making it up. So we get to decide it gets to work, even if I'm having fun and going out with my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And so just whatever, whatever thrive looks like to you, that's what I'm here for. Sounds great. And so if anyone is trying to reach you, uh, listening and wants to reach you, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah. Um, so you can either find me on my website, which is thrivethroughivf.com, um, or probably the best place to connect with me is just on Instagram. It's thriveif, which is T-H-R-I-V-F, like Thrive Through IVF. <laughs> I love it. I'm there because I can't <laughs> Um, but yeah, just, just send me a message. Um, yeah. Say hi. Tell me a little bit about your story. I'd love to just like hear about your journey. And I have a million different like resources, whether you're like, I want to work with you one-on-one or I just need a little help and blah, blah, blah. Like I'd love to connect you with something that would be supportive to you. Wonderful. And Michelle, what would you say that, you know, if you say one or two things that infertility or the fertility journey has thought to you, what would you say? Oh my gosh. I think the biggest thing it's taught me is like, it's, it's safe to trust myself. Um, and I think like, so often we think all the answers are outside of us that our doctors know everything that's best. And like, you know, somebody else has some secret sauce or formula or not doing something right. And, and I think like, I, I get to just trust that what I'm doing is exactly what I need to be doing for this to work 
in whatever way, you know, and it might not look exactly how I had planned, right? Like I, I think it's so important to kind of like release the how of this process to say, cool, the end goal for me is to grow my family. So what are the ways that I can take steps to make that happen and also trust that like the universe is also working with me and helping me move things forward. Cause like we talked about earlier, like it's this or something better. Like there is yeah. something like I can still live a beautiful, amazing, wonderful life, even if it doesn't look the way that I had planned. And how can I continue to like cultivate that belief so that it feels so true that it can't not be no matter what kind of life throws my way. And so yeah. that piece of just like, it's safe to trust yourself, like trust your gut, trust your instinct. If something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Lean into what feels good and let that be enough. Um, and also like being able to just like love yourself through the spectrum of emotions, the good, the bad, and the ugly has been so valuable to me learning to not hide from my feelings and not see them as wrong or bad or me being broken, but just a beautiful part of me being a human and giving people so much permission around that, um, including myself and, and yeah. not making myself wrong for any of it. I think those are two of the biggest lessons that I've learned from this process. I love them. Both of them. Really, really amazing. So important. Trusting yourself is such a big deal, isn't it? Because many times, like you, like you rightly said, we, we don't, we always think we're not doing it right. Uh -huh. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And can you share any words of affirmation or, you know, quotes that you found helpful in your journey so far? Hmm. Um, I actually just had this conversation with two of my clients. So I'm going to share, <laughs> I'm going to share this affirmation that has been really helpful to both of them. And it's this idea of like, when you're in a really hard moment, um, being able to tell yourself, like, this is just a moment in time and it mm. doesn't have to mean anything. Um, so often we like assign meaning to every little thing and it, and really we just do this with a bad thing. So we're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, right? this, this one thing got delayed. That means that I'm not meant to be a mother. It's not going to work or that we're not going to get any embryos or whatever. And that's like the spiral just takes over. Mm. Um, but you're allowed to just like have a hard day or a hard moment or whatever. And it can just be, it doesn't mean that your mindset has just totally gone to crap or that you've done something wrong or like you just get to be a human, right? And so yeah. I think that affirmation has been very salient lately. So sharing it here in case someone needs to hear it, but just being able to remind yourself, like, this is just a moment in time. It doesn't have to mean anything. I love it. I'm going to put that on my post-it note. Oh, it. good. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, such a, it's such a good one, right? And another yes. moment is always coming is the thing. Exactly. Like another, another moment is always coming. So. Yes, exactly. Thank you for sharing that. And if you could go back in time to, I don't know, 20 year old Michelle or 18 year old Michelle, what would you tell her? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I think the same lessons that we talked about earlier, of like mm -hmm. it's safe to trust yourself. And because I think again, 20 year old Michelle, like <laughs> infertility was basically <laughs> the culmination of all the lessons, right? That I feel like mom and yeah. you had been like, Michelle, Michelle, hello, <laughs> hello. And I was like, bye-bye, bye-bye. You know, like, see ya. Uh, see ya. Um, and so just being able to say like, hey, it is safe to trust yourself. Like everybody else doesn't have the answers. Like do like truly trust like your instinct, your driving force, do what feels good to you, especially when there's not a clear, like this is the way. And like most things aren't, this is the way. They're 
usually ellipses. Um, yeah. And so when there's an ellipses, you are just as capable of filling in the dot, dot, dot. And that doesn't mean you can't like source information from expert sources or people that you trust, right? But like you get to be the ultimate decider of the thing. Um, and then the second piece is just like, don't make yourself wrong for your emotions, girl. Your big feels are part of who you are. They're such a gift. Yes. You will like be able to use these to help others feel comfortable and get permission in that too. And so just love yourself through all of it and stop making yourself wrong for it and just let it be. Um, and it will pass much quicker than if you try to shove them in a corner and hope that like they go away because those <laughs> will just result in explosions, yes. which is uh, what I experienced in my infertility journey early on. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. And as a wrap up, Michelle, if there's anyone listening uh, and just, you know, currently in their own fertility journey, I'm just not sure, you know, what's next, how to proceed, how to move forward, or what will you, any words of ad advice or encouragement from you to them? Yeah, I would say when you're, when you're trying to get clarity and you're not really sure what to do, I think one of the best things to do is just give yourself space and do something for you. Um, and, and like, I think journaling has been such a powerful practice for me because oh, yes. I think there's something so um, helpful about taking the thoughts that are in our brain and putting them on a paper. But I also think there's so much wisdom up in here, in addition to all the lies our brains tell us, um, <laughs> there's a lot of wisdom too, in terms of like our deepest desires and what we want. And so when you take a pen to paper and you ask yourself, like, um, there's just so many powerful questions. Like if I already had the thing I want, like, what would I be doing? And yeah. it, this is sort of like this, like interesting, like kind of like quantum leap thing of like, okay, like if I already had a baby, if I was already a mom, like how would I be living my life? Like, what would I wow. be doing differently? Yeah. Um, and just see what comes through there and then start doing those things. Right. And then mm. just take action on whatever comes through. And that might be like, you know, if, if I knew it was, even if like the answer is like, if I knew it was going to work, I would be moving forward with this treatment or whatever. Um, but just play in that and then trust whatever comes through, even if it doesn't make sense. Like maybe it's like a, maybe what comes through is like, Oh, I would like give my sister a call or something. Right. And you like yeah. hop on the phone with your sister. Like it doesn't have to be like the big picture end goal. Like the micro steps add up to, to things too. I like to think of them as like little breadcrumbs. Um, and so just, just kind of follow the breadcrumbs that feel good. Um, and, and the clarity I think comes from that, those micro actions. Wow. Thank you so much, Michelle. You know, <laughs> like having you on here, has been totally amazing. You have really validated many of our feelings and thoughts and just things that, you know, you wonder if it's just you but you've been able mm -hmm. to actually clarify and let myself and I'm sure all the listeners just, just know that it's okay to feel those things and doesn't make them, you know, it's, it's nothing wrong with that to just own it and mm -hmm. feel what you feel. Thank you so yeah. much, Michelle. You are so welcome. I'm so grateful that I could do that and be here with you. It's, yeah. been, it's been so lovely. It has been, it's been such an insightful session, really, really empowering uh, enjoyed every single moment and everything you shared it's been just so helpful so thank you so much michelle for being here with us and um for supporting us and for letting us know how to reach out to you and connect with you again um i want to just thank you and appreciate you and just it's been a pleasure having you on here and um, 
Yes, and I look forward to having you again in the near future and all the best with your upcoming transfer. We'll pray oh, thank you, well. thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.